podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner from the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining our podcast entitled Conspiracy Code, It's Like a Game, Only Better. And I'm here with Lisa Frain from Florida Virtual School. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lisa, will you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing personally and professionally over the last couple of years? I've been with Florida Virtual School for the past nine years. I served as an instructor, a subject matter expert, writing some courses, and a social studies curriculum specialist. And now I work in our global services department, working with states and districts outside of Florida. And we also had a big part in the development of Conspiracy Code. Excellent. I mentioned Florida Virtual School, and many people know about Florida Virtual School, but could you describe a little bit more? Um, Florida Virtual School is Florida's public online school. We offer courses 6 through 12, and we are free to all students in the state of Florida, homeschool, private school, and public school. What actually is Conspiracy Code? Oh, that's a good question. Conspiracy Code, it's a full course in American history, and it's all taught through a game. And who actually created the Conspiracy Code? Well, Conspiracy Code, um, the gaming course, was developed between a partnership with Florida Virtual School. We provided all the content and curriculum knowledge, and with 360 Ed, which is an educational gaming company that is based in Orlando, Florida. And why is it so revolutionary? I've heard so many people speak about it. Well, we know, based on some research, that almost 97% of teenagers play video games. And so we saw this as a real opportunity to use that medium to teach students. We know that um, learning takes place in the commercial gaming world. And so we didn't know why that can, could not convert to the educational world. And so this is why we had this partnership and developed an entire game for an American history course. I would imagine teachers were involved. Uh, how were they involved? Mm -hmm. We did pull in teachers. As you know, we have a regular online American history course, which sounds kind of funny to say a traditional online course, but we have lots of teachers at Florida Virtual School, and they did play a big part in the writing of Conspiracy Code. As I mentioned, we provided the content writers and the curriculum for this course, and teachers served as reviewers of the content and how it was taught and provided some of the ideas. Um, myself as a curriculum specialist, at the time worked on the storyboard and the scope and sequence of the game. How long does it actually take for students to complete the course? Is it a standardized uh, mm -hmm. high school class? Yes, it is a full um, course. And what we did at Florida Virtual School, our students can start at any time of the year. We do have rolling enrollment. They could start any day that they want and could finish pretty much every, any day that they want. However, we know that there are school districts and state programs where they do have a firm start and stop date. So with that in mind, we did create this course to be like a typical 36-week or two semester course. However, we find that lots of students actually complete the course much sooner and that is directly attributed to their engagement in the course. 
Could you further describe what the game is all about and the storyline and the characters? Sure, there is a huge storyline in this game. It's an adventure game, not a choose-your-own-adventure, so they do work through it linearly. Um, they can't move around, and that's because we wanted it to be like a commercial game. As they be are successful in finding enemy agents, which I'll have to tell you more about the storyline, they gain certain skills that help them to be even more successful as they progress through the game. So I should probably tell you a little bit about the storyline. The students play as Eddie and Libby, so they play both a male and a female character and that was done on purpose because we know that studies say that games tend to be t more male oriented and we didn't want that to be the case. We wanted to engage female students as well. So Eddie and Libby live in Coverton City which is a futuristic city and Conspiracy Inc. has come around to this part of town and they want to slowly change history in hopes of eventually taking over the world. They think that if they change the facts of history it'll be a lot easier for people to just follow them. And so Eddie and Libby have been um, recruited by Coverton Underground to uncover clues as to where Conspiracy Inc. has been. They've got to correct the history pieces, find out who those enemy agents are, and turn them in. And so this is what progresses them through their 10 missions in uncovering and recreating history into its correct format and uncovering this large conspiracy. It sounds very exciting. I'm sure the students love it. What instructional theory or research was used to develop conspiracy theory? Well, at the very beginning of our development process, we actually worked with University of Central Florida. They were another partner in this project, and they helped us decide on uh, what brain-based research to use, and we went with Kane and Kane. Could you go into a little more detail about the game and how do the students actually start the game? And is it uh, a multiplayer game? Um, no, this is not a multiplayer game. We figure we better start out this gaming venture one um, task at a time. So it is just a single player game. And again, they play Eddie Flash and Libby Whitetree. As they are going through each mission, and again, the course is set up into 10 missions, and it covers post-Civil War to the present, all the way up to just last year in the economic downturn. So we cover lots of history, and what it's what we found that most states, high school, American history course was required to cover. And so um, they progress through these 10 missions, visiting five different buildings in Coverton City, and they are constantly looking for clues. However, as they're in their quest for clues, they run into lots of unique characters. And they have to determine whether these characters basically are enemies or friends. And so they can challenge them to a content duel to determine if they're an enemy or not, because an enemy truly believes the wrong history. And so as the student is asking them certain questions, if they're giving false answers, they can determine that that's an enemy agent. And at that point, they can either flag them as an enemy agent and move on in the game and the reason why they would flag them is because later on in mission five they may run into this person and he's been flagged as an enemy agent and they would know to sneak around him as they're looking for clues or to use some of their really cool skills that they've picked up for instance Eddie has the ability to play a key guitar and can mesmerize these characters while Libby runs around behind him picking up clues. Libby has the ability to become invisible, so that allows them to pick up clues. And they're all little things that they pick up as they are successful in the game. So just like the commercial games where when you get to certain levels, you get certain prizes, that's how this game is played. Have you had the opportunity to measure the effectiveness of the game? Yes, we are actually wrapping up the beta of this game. 
So over the last year, we've had small amounts of students in the game with small amounts of teachers. And so we've actually had University of Central Florida come back in and do some tests with students measuring their pupils' dilation, their heart rates, and to see the engagement level of these students. And one of the interesting things that they are measuring is the extent to which students are pulled into the flow state. And that flow state is something that games typically do to the player. But I find myself often in a flow state when I go to surf the internet and then all of a sudden two hours has passed and I didn't even realize it, that's a flow state where you're so engaged that you don't even realize that time is passing. And that's that state that we want our students to be in, so immersed in the content in the game that they progress very quickly through the course. And during our beta, we have found that students are finishing earlier than that 36-week time period. That's incredible. How exciting. That was the whole goal of going into gaming, and it seems to really be working. Have you seen any improvement on students' standardized test scores? We have not had a chance during the beta to see standardized test scores come back. However, we have very closely been monitoring their segment exams which we purposely designed them to be just like the segment exams of our traditional online American course. So um, a certain number of multiple choice questions and then some short answer questions. We did that so that we could compare the results and the gaming students do tend to do much better on those. So there's one type of testing that we have been able to start to measure the differences and we see much higher scores with our online gaming course. Some other things that's really interesting with assessments is that we talk with our students once every four weeks and the teacher actually talks about the content they've learned about the work that they've submitted and the teachers have found that the students when discussing history do it very differently than our traditional online course they discuss it as if they were there that they were on that battlefield and they really have a connection to the history that we do not see in that traditional course and it's probably due to that engagement level of the content where the content is seamlessly woven into the gaming that's incredible. How exciting. Florida Virtual has really done an incredible job in focusing on cutting-edge technology and integrating it in the classroom. And Lisa, it sounds like uh, you have been instrumental in a lot of those activities. Lisa, could you maybe share some contact information with us so if anyone had any questions, they could contact you? Okay, you can visit the website, and it's www dot f l v s dot net forward slash conspiracy code and that will take you straight to an entire little site on conspiracy code you can download a demo it's just a very short demo that really teaches you about the course it's not the american history content but you get to actually move eddie and libby around to see what that student experience is like you can also view the trailer there which gives you a great insight to what the course looks like how that content is interwoven with gameplay and then there's other ways to communicate if you have more questions through that website. Thank you very much, Lisa, for joining us today. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you'd like more information on USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States 
plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.